who can rap my sins with me? Like, 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 fool. That's what you bugging at death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in you. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass fed? Yes. Cruelty free? What's so special about the cheese maker? The saying goes you are what you eat, and I am freaking cheese. You've opened the third cheese. <laughs> Two cheeses isn't enough for us anymore. <laughs> I just needed to try it because it's new. It's a, it's a food colouring if you're asking about the colour. Grandma's Red Leicester. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's what is it? Amaretto? Pretty sure. Amaretto? Yeah. Anato. Anato. It's what they use when they do those pigs. Hmm? They do big suckling pig. They put anato on it. To make it pink. Yeah, it gets that red colour. Mm. I did not know that. Mm. There you go. How strange, we're a minute 30 in and we're talking about pig already. <laughs> Doesn't take long. No. It's strangely much quieter than last episode. <laughs> did you put that episode right. up? I have not put that episode up. No, I'm scared. Was... To, I'm actually scared to listen to it. It's like... That was way too weird. Uh, I... I what did we, uh, I mean, like we, was... we are known for a certain level of unprofessionalism, <laughs> but I think that might be stretching it a bit too far. But it was quite an interesting conversation about smoking because the guy, the other guy that was there, yeah. he bought one of those smokers from Aldi and he's been smoking everything in it. Yeah. And he loves it. He's oh, right yeah. into his food and he lived in America for ages, so he's into that. He was talking about boiling barbecue. the turkey and everything and barbecue, wasn't he? Yeah, right. I mean, it would have been interesting if that. Did, did he live there before he was in, because he's been in government. So yeah, was he yeah, there yeah. before as a politician? Or no, no, after. He was over there on some government role. Uh, right. But he loves cooking. That's how I met him. He was, in the, he was down in the local uh, fruit and veg and he was looking for cilantro. Yeah. Because he just come back from Mexico with me. You know, you got any cilantro and the Greeks that owned the shop yeah, going, What? Mate, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have any cilantro. And I was listening to this whole conversation. I went, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's, it's coriander. coriander. <laughs> and they all looked at me and <laughs> they all started laughing. I said, Oh. So he grabs the coriander and then the Greek dude goes, oh, cool. And I go, and you leave the roots on because we need the roots. Oh, because they've been cutting the roots, roots off. off. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you about that because I've been, what was I? Oh, I got Spirit House cookbook for Christmas. Oh, cool. Nice one. From Vanessa, which is very nice. Oh, of her. Cool. Um, except that she can't eat any spicy food at the moment. So. Oh. Uh, it might be waiting until after the <laughs> after the birth of the twins before I really. But I did do some prawn and noodle sort of uh, fritters. Yeah. That were really nice, lemongrass and praying. So is the the stem and the root different? Do they have different sort of flavours, or is that the same sort of thing? When it well, says coriander stem, should I be chopping it right? Yeah, down the whole the... stem. You use the whole lot. Yeah. You chop up the stem and then the root. Should You've you got to scrape it with a knife okay. and get the hair off it. Yeah. And then I always cut it in half and just put in a small bowl of water so the sand drops to the bottom because yeah. you know how the sand gets into the yeah, yeah. roots. And then you just chop it. Yeah. 
But it's the ta- it's the most pungent, it's tastiest. It's the potent bit of it, yeah. If you're going to make a paste, I mean, look, I put it in everything. I don't even just chew it up. I just chop it and stick it in stir fries. Or yeah, because yeah, I have to say, I've probably been guilty of just chopping the roots off and yeah. composting them. So mm. there you go. Most people do. Don't know what to do with so I did some little... Um, there you go. Neighbourhood dogs. All off. Um, did some little wontons. Uh, did something else out of the, the Spirit House cookbook. Over what the one is it? The first one? Or? Yeah, the, the original yeah, one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but it looks really cool. There's some really nice sort of nibbly bits. Yeah. Yeah, I did... I can't remember. We had some people around and I did sort of like three little courses of sort of fingery food, Asian style. Oh, Buso, I'm impressed. Did some, some, poached, some poached ones on and some deep fried ones. Mm. I can't remember what it was. Fish cakes, prawn cakes. Nah, because I, I had that all prepped up and, and it came to the choice between dessert and another another round and everyone went, it was um, blueberry curd tart for dessert, and everyone went, Ah, we want blueberry Sorry. curd tart. Excuse the tarts. <laughs> um, what'd you cook for Christmas Day? Oh, what'd you end up pork, doing? Pork loin roast, roast potatoes, <laughs> <laughs> apple sauce. But what I did do, because I did quite a bit of cooking over the break, uh-huh. um, I did some croissants. Oh, flesh. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know why. I got I got onto somewhere and oh, I stumbled across this page and it had a croissant um, recipe, but it was all in gifts. You know the little animated yeah, pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like each step had a little gift with it, so it was like super easy to follow. Yeah. And they sort of said, you know, make up a big batch, but when you get to the stage where it's like a nice block, chop that into four, and you freeze. You know, you just roll out one and that yeah. makes a batch and you can freeze the other three and then just yeah. put it in the fridge and then make another batch the next morning. Yeah, wow. So we had, oh, for breakfast on Christmas Day, we had fresh croissants, bacon, eggs, hash browns. Posh, yeah. <laughs> um, and something else. You know, and fresh hash browns. I love, I love making hash browns. Oh, God. It's just awesome. I keep missing breakfast over Christmas because... We stay at my brother's house and he lives on this little farm. I think I've told you about them before. Like they live like the good life. They grow all their own stuff and yeah. it's hilarious. And they've got all these out sheds, which they've kind of turned into accommodation. Mm. <laughs> and it's bloody great. Because when you go there, we were out in this shed and we had a pot belly stove, a television, some chairs, a caravan backed into the shed. It was like our, you know, fridge full of beer. Yeah, you've got your own space. Yeah, it was great. But you just, honestly, we just sleep in. I go stumbling in in the morning going, oh, it's breakfast over. <laughs> yeah, breakfast over. We have morning tea. So I end up having fruitcake for breakfast <laughs> every morning. But what I really, I had, I made some really nice apple sauce. And so the next day I've defrosted my little batch of croissant. I might do a, a, um, a croissant or something. So leftover roast pork and oh, apple sauce. Nice. And rolled them in and they were the best. With a little bit of um, puns and cheese. Oh my god, yum! Mm. I was surprised how easy they are to make. Gosh, why isn't there a shop set up that sells stuffed croissants? I don't know. Maybe people think that it's got to be traditional. Well, I suppose brombies and that sell like. We've bastardised everything else. Why not? 
What, what did you ever try those cronuts? No, they looked bloody disgusting. No, I'm not a big food fag sort of person. So. No, they looked awful. If I was walking past a stand and someone handed me one, I'd probably eat one, but I wouldn't yeah. go search one out. So, what did you have Christmas Day? Christmas Day this year was seafood for us. Yeah. We did a whole smoked fish on the barbecue, which I had to do. And my brother had just been fishing up up the top end somewhere and had a big barramundi. Oh, nice. So he actually, oh, oh gosh, do you know what he did? I love fresh caught. Well, when he was up there, he said to them, you know, how do you all eat it? Because they eat barrel all the time. They're going, oh, we just use this stuff, which was a pre-mix Mrs. Max batter mix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how good it was. He goes, he said, I thought I'm going to try it because they all eat it all the time. And if this is the best way they've found to cook it, yeah. I'm going to try it. So like it, like cutting the strips. So he cut it up into strips yeah. and then he dipped it in this Mrs. Max batter. And it was amazing because he cooked a whole big pile of it. And I had it in the oven because I was inside doing stuff. Didn't go soggy. Oh, wow. Kept it. It was delicious. And it looked really nice, and apparently you just buy it at the supermarket. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you? Yeah. I've never heard of it. Anyway, so I was totally won over by that, because you know I love a pre-prepared product. Yeah. Um, so we had some barramundi. That was kind of our snack, actually, as we were having drinks while we were waiting for fish to smoke, and the boys were shucking all the oysters, and mm, someone was peeling the prawns, and, you know, it was all like that. They had a big ham, but we didn't had that for lunch we just um well apparently they all had it for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> i've got a i've got a half ham and i reckon i've eaten about a centimeter and a half oh. i just i just eat so much ham during it like throughout the year yeah i just can't gorge on ham at this time of year anymore oh i would have loved to have gorged on ham but i didn't actually we didn't gorge at all on anything really we had a very and then christmas night um, we just got all this beautiful cheese and um, antipasto that she'd made from her garden. Mm. And all this beautiful stuff and heaps of... We made all our own bread. Yep. Because she's a real baker, my sister-in-law. Made all our own bread. And we all just set it down this big, massive table because all the boyfriends and every all the people kind of started rocking around. And we just had, you know, like Plowman's dinner. I remember what the other um, little Asian thing I did, which wasn't really Asian, mm. but I did a... The, a pork belly yeah. in um, like fish sauce and lime juice. Um, pre, pre-cooked it in some coke to try and soften it down a bit. And then uh, uh, like battered it, no, not battered it, floured it in corn flour and five spice and cayenne pepper and, and mm. um, uh, something else, turmeric maybe. Mm. And then deep fried it. Mm. And then I baked, I got, you know, the little muffin containers. Yeah. Um, I made up a, a light fluffy bread mix and yeah. made mini burgers. God, fancy pants. And then, uh, so yeah, little pork, sli- little slices of pork belly and like a, a chili Asian coleslaw with um, mayonnaise. Jeez Louise, that L- sounds so fantastic. Little mini burgers, oh great. God, posh. Yeah. Golly, be so. Yeah, so that was the other I'll tell you a story about the best barrow I've ever had, though. Yeah. When we're 
in between primary school and high school, we my parents went Ramstraya. Yeah. My dad's. Did you go with them? Mm. <laughs> Had a year off school, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And my dad's a mad, mad keen fisherman. Yeah. And particularly likes chasing barramundi. And so we, we like raced around the first half of Australia, mm. hit the Northern Territory, right, all the fishing gear comes out. First day of fishing, sort of, you know, like a little shakedown fish, mm. you know, to make sure you got all the gear. Mm. So we do one sort of troll of the, the river, and I'm 13, and he's like, oh, I've got the, the gap, you know. And he's like, oh, it's a bit early in the season, you know, we're not, we're not probably going to catch anything. I'm like, oh. No, no, we get, go back and go. And so he stops and goes off and gets it. Mm. We've gone 50 metres down the river and I've hooked up the biggest barrel we caught the whole time. Oh, wow. Territory. Yeah. Uh, 83 centimetres, I think it was. When I was 13 or whatever, it went from my shoulder to my knee. Wow. And so mum's like, so gross. We got the, the gaff, got it in and we took the fillets What's off What's the it. gaff? Gaff's like a hook so that because you're on pretty light lines, you bring it in. Right, and then you hook it. And, and barrel have got really sharp gills mm. so when you when you bring it out of the water with the thing they shake yeah, and right. their gills actually cut will cut the line ah. and that's like when they they jump and they shake and that's what they're trying to do they're either trying to shake the lure out mm. or they shake if they shake the line side to side they'll cut it and you try, try and got to keep it firm to so keep the, the line in the middle um but that night alan took the fillets off it but you've got you know, it's a big fish. Yeah. And this, the backbone's got all this beautiful flesh on it. And we had this sort of fold-over grill thing that you did your sausages in. So you'd yeah. lay like 10 sausages in yeah, it, yeah, fold yeah, it yeah, over, yeah. and then put, I love it up, those things. put it over the coals. I've got one of those. Do you want one of those? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> the cleanup. <laughs> so he snapped snapped the, the backbone in half yeah. and did like a little bit of oil and lemon juice on it and then just grilled that over the coals. Like, and it was like two hours old. Yum! Oh, beautiful. We wouldn't get better fish than that. And we just sort of scratched it off with a fork, you know, just sort of picked it out of the mm. backbone. Mm. Oh, cool. Yum. Yum! I'm not, a I'm not a massive fish person, but when you eat really fresh fish like that, like straight away, you I just can't fish. beat it, I reckon. I love fish. That's weird, that bloody... So that woman in Bali with a daughter that died from eating mahi mahi, they reckon. That's all a bit weird, isn't it? Did you read and, that? And evidently she's um, she's a really experienced traveller. Yeah. She had stuff for allergies and really. Well, she'd be going, oh, she had so many drugs. I was thinking, she just have what everyone has when they travel. You know, mm. you've got all that stuff. Or bad water and. Yeah. So she you runs, you know. Yeah. Anyway, weird, weird. Oh, and we had on the family Christmas Day, um, my brother-in-law, who's also a mad fisherman, had mm. some uh, yellowfin tuna he caught the day before. Oh, so he had yum. Um, raw yellowfin sashimi? tuna. Sashimi? Yeah. Oh, God. He loves sashimi. And this was good. It just melted. And he, got, and he had some for a mate of his who ended up not being able to come and get it. So we took it home and made fish cakes out of it the next night. Yum. Mamma mia. So I've eaten quite a bit of seafood. Oh, you have, for someone that doesn't like, like fish. Christ. Yeah, I ate lots of seafood too. It's good. So how was your um, cooking for all the celebrities at Paul's? Well, 
apart from the fact I don't know who anyone is, so it wasn't really cooking for celebrities. <laughs> I did recognise Neil Finn, but he was probably the only person. Because mm. he's my vintage. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I heard the Violent Femmes on stage. Mm. I went, oh shit, Violent Femmes, I know them. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to watch a band. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw that picture of you, you were a rug up, was it cold? So cold. I can't tell you how cold it was down there. I was like, I saw that picture and I thought, Sal's winding me up here. No. She's taking the bed tucked up with the blankets You're on all you. here in a heat wave, right? To bed, I would wear tracky decks, a tight t-shirt, a long sleeve t-shirt, my nighty and a jumper. And I had to get a beanie because my head was too cold. And you'd wear a couple of pairs of socks. But they had all these... Um, Vintage shops everywhere, like all these op shops oh, were yeah, opened cool. up everywhere. And so you could go and buy, everyone was running around in daggy jumpers. They had all the daggy dad the, jumpers from yeah. the 70s and stuff. And so I bought this old bomber jacket and an old hat and I just lived in it. <laughs> I mean, you just don't care. I just went, I'm not taking the shit off. That's the best thing about festivals, I reckon. Oh, God, it was freezing. So did you have to do... Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or just yeah, lunch man, and dinner? Yeah, man, I was up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'd start work at 6, and I would not get back to the caravan until 11.30 at night. Now, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> and you would fucking run from the minute you got there. And while I'm on my soapbox, young kids fucking learn to work. Jesus, lazy motherfuckers. So I get all these young kids, right? And they all rock up. Yeah, you're getting a free ticket to the festival. We're pretty slack, right? We let them go and watch what bands they want. We have this kind of thing where it's like, you can come and you can go, but, you know, really, when you're here, you've got to work mm. so you can go and watch your bands. And, you know, we give them all a day off so they've got a whole, you know, we're really flexible with them. They get to eat. It's a perfect situation yeah. for them. We get the most useless motherfucker, good for nothing, couldn't work in a nine lung, <laughs> dick with. This kid sitting here, and he's got this broom and a bottle of water in his hand. And one of the chefs goes, mate, you could wrap your dick around that and put more effort into that fucking sweeping the floor. <laughs> Fuck off. Get out of my eyesight. Because you're there working like a navvy, right? So yeah. we're up at five in the morning. We don't go to bed till 11. How many chefs did you have with you? There was only three this time, which is why. Because what ends up happening with these festivals is they'll go, oh, on Monday... We're going to do 120 lunches mm. and 100 dinners. Well, three chefs can do that lying on their back. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening in reality? So lunch like is 500, dinner will be 600. But hang on, you can't cater. How no, but because the that? dude I work with, he's been doing festivals now for 20 years. Mm. So he almost knows this stuff. But what happens with festivals is the person that organises it changes every year and it's another 23-year-old that comes along. Mm. And they think they know everything. And John will go, I've been around for 20 years, but they won't listen. Mate, I know you're not going to do 120 on day one. So he will actually cater for 600. And But does he charge them for 600? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll put a price and then they'll go, what do you mean? So the first night at the festival, we were meant to do a barbecue for 500. And we did at least 1,000. Because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Every single person that was on that property was there. Was there. Having a barbecue. But you're not catering for the punters, though. You're just catering for the bands. No, but that night... So, Falls Festival in Lawn's different because they have, like, seven... Well, no, they had 800 volunteers. 
Okay, so the volunteers so all feel like, oh, well, I'm working for nothing, so you have to give me everything. Yeah. And in reality, their budget for a volunteer for a lunch is $2. Yeah. And their budget for a dinner is $4.50. Not much. And so the volunteers are coming up to us going, you know, I'm really hungry. You, you can give me anything. You only gave me a sandwich and an apple for lunch. And you want to say, yeah, mate, because at a fucking dollar fifty, you probably owe me $2. <laughs> So it's a really horrible situation because these festivals are just screwing down all the time. Because yeah. it's a shrinking market. The caterer gets screwed. Anyway, so that's what happened. So it was a shitty thing to do and I'll never do it again. And as I was sitting there, I said oh, to... Oh, that's a shame because I, I reckon I would have been so, that would have been so cool to go down and do it with you. So. Well, it's really... I can get you into it anytime you want, Beso. Yeah. And I guarantee you I won't sit on my ass and... Well, you know, around. the volunteers were fantastic. They'd come in and they would just work. We looked after them like, you know, come back, have dinner, here's beers. So, you know, you look up because it's a long day. So it's kind of you become this little family for a week and everyone just works so, their ring off. What would the volunteers do, like cleaning up around them? The volunteers had to work 24 hours and they got a free ticket and free camping and one meal a day. But like picking up rubbish, changing bins. No, we had these dudes that were fantastic. One chick, she was such an amazing cook. I got her out there because I had to do all the riders. So yeah. I had her doing all the riders for me. And yeah, right. She was bloody great. But then you get these dead chicks that would come in. And there was this chick there. And the flies were like as big as bats. <laughs> right? So I said to her, she was such a fuckwish. I said, just your job it. is to stand by the Bay Marie and just wave the flies off. And... The guy looks at me, the guy running, he goes, oh, you're fucking pulling the chain, aren't you? And I said, mate, she's good for nothing else and she can't even do that. Let's watch her. So we stood and just watched her for about five minutes. We were crying with laughter. I mean, how are these kids going to get employed? And what do their parents do? Why do they? Seriously? Anyway, oh, I don't know how they're ever going to survive out there in the world. If they can't even enjoy a festival. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get off. We had this cool bunch of kids one was from noosa they're from all over the place anyway but they were all cousins and they came and they were just cool ass they worked their asses off and every night they got spastic and <laughs> they'd come in every day and they would have made 500 new friends and they would just have the best time yeah. but they really worked the festival how it was meant to be so you, you know you're working in the coolest place in the festival yeah they had a DJ that would start up at 6 in the afternoon and he'd go through to 3 in the morning. You're with all the artists. You're at the party. Why would you want to be running off? These guys are going, oh, I want to go off and see some dead shit thing up the hill. And you're like, mate, you're at the coolest place in the festival. Shut up. Just go and serve them a meal. Can you? It's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, it was an up- a big day out on scene. Um, this guy goes, oh, are you going to come and work? I went, no. Nah. No fucking way. Well, I have to say, if I was going to work flat out for, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, I'd want to do it in the cold and the heat. Well, that's what we were saying. We were saying, God, we're lucky. Fuck doing it in a big day out temperatures. No way. I said, I'm not doing it. There's a few bands looking for personal chefs, and I said, I'll do that. Yeah. Because that's just, you know, cooking up a little bit of food. There you go. Oh, you got a peanut allergy. All right. You know, that's easy. Oh, man, but it is 
fun. I love those things. And I, I love working like that. I love working 16 to 18 hours a day and being totally shagged and your feet are pulsating when you go to bed. <laughs> I love that. It's good, but I, <coughs> I did it for no money for too long, I think. Yeah, and, you know, I can't... I, seriously, the thing, one morning, right, I was walking down to the kitchen at, you know, 5.30 in the morning and I was just like, oh, this is fucked, I'm too old. Why did I say yes? This is stupid. <laughs> So I, mean, I, I can't get my head around which fucking artists are up at six o'clock in the morning. But no, you know, this is the volunteers. No, what happens is breakfast starts at seven, and you've got to remember there's security that's on all night. Yeah. There's a full-on hospital set up there, so there's doctors that have been up all night. night. There's plumbers, electricians, and you're feeding them as well. Yeah, we feed everybody, every, all back behind the scenes kind yeah. of people. So, did you have to prioritise the the acts? Like if the yeah, so they all have tickets. No ticket, no meal. Yeah. And staff have a ticket and yeah. they get basic. If you're yeah. an artist, you get anything. But what about the headliners? Did they have their own sort of separate section? Or yeah, and then they and then at the Falls Festival, it's kind of cool because at the back, and this happens at every festival, they have a few different dongers that are decked out quite cool and they'll have totem tennis and table tennis and heaps of games at the back. and So they can go off into their own room. Yeah. So, like your dudes, the Roots, yeah. they had like a barbecue at one in the morning. Yeah. They wanted ribs and fried chicken and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Yeah. So, someone had to stay up. And it wasn't me. Someone had to stay <laughs> up and go and feed them. Yeah. So, you kind of draw a straw. It's like, I'm not going. So, so okay. you just basically, between you and the three chefs, you just work that shit out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's always one, right? So, it's kind of hilarious. There's always one chef that's old school. You know, he won't have a break. He won't leave the premises. Like, I'd go off and see a band and do whatever. <laughs> he was there at, you know, quarter to six in the morning and wouldn't leave till the last person was served so, at night. Fuck. And, you know, he goes and bloody drops acid on the last night and the last day I'm there, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah! I was thinking, oh, my God, you freak. We're leaving you alone here. So I had to go and do all the food and, I mean... You know, he's one of those chefs that just spent his whole time walking around in a circle and not doing anything. Yeah. And then everyone goes, Chef, thanks for the food. And I'm there with sweat dripping off me. Don't fuck it. But anyway, he stayed up late at night, so I didn't care. Take, take all the glory. Mm. So it's kind of funny. But you're but, glad, glad to get home? Oh, so <laughs> glad. To sit down for a couple of days. Well, it takes like three hours to get out of the festival. Yeah, right, because it's out in the sticks. Yeah. So it took three hours to get out of the festival. I was changing my flight on the way out. I thought I'd booked a six o'clock flight. Instead, I'd booked a nine o'clock flight. So I was stuck at the airport for three hours. I just cried because I thought, you dickhead, stuck at the airport. <laughs> just where you want to be when you're tired and emotional. <laughs> we went and did a presentation at... at um. At, uh, Townsville once and Townsville or Cairns me and the boss flew up and the boss was going to get a car and go down and see all the all the, the sort of big customers in North Queensland on the way back and I was going to fly back to Brisbane yeah. and we didn't know how long this presentation was going to take so it was an hour but then we didn't know whether they'd want us to go and see the shops or whatever so you know fly up at 8 o'clock in the morning get there at 8 o'clock in the morning presentation at 9 and and had me on the five o'clock flight back and um you know booked ages ahead so it was cheap and whatever mm -hmm. 
So we go and do the presentation. Everyone's, yep, yep, awesome, good, thanks, yep, yep. Signed on the dotted line, all good. I'm back at the airport at 11 o'clock. Just go back, just go back, get in your car, go home. <laughs> I just, he said, you're not sitting at the airport for six hours. That's just fucking ridiculous. That's too expensive. I mean, you know, you sit at the airport and you buy yourself a couple of beers or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously, did you see this tweet? I'm sitting at the airport, right, and I've realised that I've got to wait three, four hours, and I ordered a gin and tonic, and I was really hungry. I hadn't eaten all day, so I ordered a bowl of fries. Yeah. And the guy comes out and he goes, Here's your bowl of thigh-fattening fries. And I went, are you on fucking drugs, mate? Like, what's that? And he goes, straight to your thighs. I went, yeah, I heard you the first time. Perhaps you wouldn't want to say it again. (laughs) I think it was a bit simple. But I mean... (laughs) Don't don't mess with the sleep-deprived woman with lots of chef's knives in a bag. As if you would give a woman a bowl of fries. Here's your thigh-fattening fries. (laughs) Does he understand that people at airports are quite highly stressed? <laughs> Honestly, I was so flabbergasted. I just thought, oh, you've got to be kind of simple, don't you? Why would you say that? <coughs> Maybe he's trying to get fired. Hey, like, do you need another drink? Oh. There's no more of that, but you can have a Peroni or a VB or a Vino. I'll have a Peroni. That'll be lovely. <laughs> I have to remind- Biscuits awful. Have you tried them? My, yeah, no, they're not nowhere near as nice as they're the other cars, ones. They're cars, water crackers, the new ones. Don't buy them. Awful. Can we get fined for not saying shit like that? <laughs> we don't. We don't have any um, sponsors, <laughs> sell, so. Any guests. <laughs> we sh- we should definitely crank up the guests this year, though. Yeah, we will. When you get a house. Yeah, let's. We'll um. Find somewhere. Yeah, we're not going to house. That's a good idea. The other interesting one I did was the... Did I tell you about the salsa and jelly? Did yeah, I, I think yeah. you did that just before Christmas, didn't you? Yeah, that was pretty nice. Mm. I'll try that again. But I moved all my chickens and <laughs> the rooster, my rooster made a fatal mistake. I was like, oh, I love having a rooster. I like the idea of, you know, knowing yeah. that I can just raise more chickens when I want. Yeah. Know, just let the chickens sit. Mm. This rooster was really nicely natured when he was young. And he's been getting a little bit more aggressive. And he's big. He's like two foot high. He's a big bloody rooster. And um, you've got to be a little bit careful with a toddler running around. And I was out throwing some scraps down the other day. And he went and like full on attacked me all the way back up onto the veranda. So, yes. Cleaver came out. Oh, really? Mm. Soup? Nah, it's the night before. I haven't got the fridge space because I haven't got that second fridge. Uh-huh. I've got absolutely no because I, you know, even milk. I can't. I can't sort of milk and store milk because. You know, if they don't want this fridge, I'll give you a fridge. Yeah. But if they want it, I need that one out the back. But if they don't want it, I'll then take that one and I'll give you that one. Oh, it's just. Oh, sorry. I keep on forgetting my own thing. That's such a <laughs> domestic thing to talk about. <laughs> but so yeah. But now, so I've moved all the tooks. I got a little, um, I got a little, I bought a little took house, you know, just like the ones yeah, you yeah, see yeah. on the web. Yeah. And it's right next to the spa and I can check it every day and I've locked the tooks up in it at night for a couple of nights and now they're laying in it. So I'm getting heaps of eggs again. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Because they've all been laying, but they lay 
keep like because I let Feeding them range. Boxes, yeah. Oh, they lay here and then they lay there and then they, you know, you you find a, we found twenty eggs up in the shed one day and and then yeah. you find them, but now they're laying in this nice little pen with proper. Oh, that's good. So, because that was interesting because my brother, when I was down there for Christmas, had just bought six new chooks the day before and they come from two different places and then he'd mix them in with his own chooks, right? And I never knew this. But the chooks, they were all... There was one particular chook none of them liked. No. And they were all being really... They were really hammering this chook. And it happened for two days, I think, when I got there. And he's going, oh, it's really, you know, they're really hammering this one chook and I'm probably going to have to kill it. I don't think it's going to come around. The others are kind of merged in with the other ones. There's one that's a bit not liking. But it was interesting. It went down. It was like a schoolyard. Yeah. There's a, a full-on pecking order. Yeah. And, and, and strangely enough, like you think you had a young chook in and that young chook would be down the bottom of the pecking order, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Sometimes it'll jump up to number two. And, yeah. And sometimes the little silkies, even though you think they'd be easy to pick on, you know, they'll be the most ferocious and like, you know, yeah. defend the... Like, yeah. If they're sitting on eggs, they're full of fierce, little yeah. fluffy balls, but they, you know... It's full on, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's fascinating. So I spent most of my days down watching I was milking this morning. I only got like 600 mils. I'm, I'm, I can't decide whether this cow's pregnant or she, it's just been really dry and she's, you know, lost a bit mm. of condition. Mm. Like, like the milk's drying up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she's got a few ticks at the moment and I haven't got any of the stuff to, yeah. to to get rid of them and I, I've just been picking them off and the chooks come up and I pick them off and throw them to the chooks and they eat them yeah. and they, I just let them out and they're a bit hungry and there's like big fat ticks on the legs so the chooks are running up while I'm trying to milk and picking these the, the ticks off a leg and she's like going piss off she's like kicking them like knocked the milk bucket over and lost 100 mil I'm like, oh they got 600 mils what are you doing to me so tomorrow I won't be um I won't be opening the chook pen until after I've milked. That's hilarious. Oh, so, fun and games. But it was good to get a bit of rain because, yeah. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that a nice dumping. Storm. Lovely storm. I know. Isn't it funny how the garden goes totally crazy? You can water it, yeah. but it goes totally crazy with a little bit of rain. Yeah. There's obviously different nutrients in the rain. Yeah, it's different. Even to the, like, we have a tank, so we water our garden from tank yeah. water. It's, it's, it's the different. oxygen in the water, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, you can, you can almost see, like, because you come up our hill and you can see, like, there's nice big wide grass strips either side of the hill and it sort of dries right off. But yeah. as soon as you get that rain, you can almost see the grass growing. Yeah. Every day as you go home. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I've never been so excited about grass as I have been since I bought cows. So. <laughs> <laughs> My brother leased out his land to some guy that was, he grows wheat and then he harvests the wheat and Anyway, it's a group project. What he does is he leases all this land. He, he doesn't pay any money for the land. Yeah. He goes and plants the wheat. He takes the oh, wheat so off, you know, all that. And then you get a share yeah. of this business. Okay. Yeah. So my brother lives on like 80 acres. 
and he doesn't really do anything with it. Yeah, so you he know. leases the. He just leases s- it to whoever wants the it. Seventy acres that he's not using. Sort yeah, of yeah. So this guy just came and planted this, you know, piddly bit of wheat on there, mm. and he goes, oh, "I don't care. Like, that sounded interesting. We'll just see what happens. Then, yeah. Don't know if we'll get any money. I don't know." Mm. No, well, my like that that rain's been good because it means that I can I can give my my place a little bit more. The pigs won't be too far away, hopefully. Yeah. So now that we've got all this house crap sorted out, build that fence, and then build a little fence to keep the keep the toddler in, and then get the kids in. All the garden beds. Uh huh. Went in. Well, I've got this really cool idea. I've told you about the aquaponics. You know what aquaponics yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to have... Um, I've always wanted a natural swimming pool. Have you ever seen them? So natural swimming pool is like a big version of aquaponics. So right. it's basically a swimming pool that runs with aquaponics as its filter. Oh. So, you know, you just get a swimming pool mm. and you put an aquaponics bed on it and mm. you and just... Run it through. So what I just grow some lettuce at the end of my swimming pool. Pretty put some much, fish yeah. in it. Yeah, put some fish. Well, you don't even like if you're if if you've got a big amount of water um, and you're not putting fish in it, like you're just swimming in it and stuff like that, then you can have a smaller amount of um, vegetables and whatever. Yeah. And it'll get you know so there's X amount of nutrients in a bigger amount of water. Yeah. If you want to grow more vegetables, you put fish in it because the fish yeah, produce right. more nutrients. Uh-huh. But so natural swimming pools, they do the same thing, but they use like water plants instead of veggies. So, and do the veggies keep the water clean? Yeah. Right. So you're not putting any. You don't have to put any additives in it. No. Oh. You're essentially using um, your aquaponics as your filter. So you you. You're keeping it like a really nice, clean stream. Yeah, right. Is what you're going for. But you must, you got to have a filtration system on it, surely. No? It is your filtration system. Just the plants. Yeah. Well, look, the, the roots trap all your sediment. Yeah. Look, it's not probably... I'll send you some pictures, though. The natural swimming pools are probably just as clear as your swimming pool. Yeah, right. So, anyway, we're going to get just off our... Where we're going to have all the... Um, sort of, we've got our house level, and then there's like a the next level down, and then the, the then there's another level down, and that's where the property runs. Mm. So we're thinking we'll cut a little pad, put a concrete tank down in there, so that it'll be up to the level, mm. and then run a big aquaponics bed off it, big veggie bed that'll yeah right have a little plunge pool. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. It's like those days that we've just had that are really bloody hot. Oh, yeah. That reminds you that we live in a hot state. You kind of forget yeah. sometimes because you're not so adjusted to it. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. You have a cold drink at the end of the day and you're like, oh, yeah, it's hot. But it's not. that was fucking hot. hot. It was a hot day. <laughs> it was the sort of day you had to. You either had to go to the beach or you had to have something you could get in that was cool to lower your body temperature. <sighs> you just and, like, it was a drag for me. Imagine having... Being twenty six weeks pregnant I with twins. No. Well, I saw Vanessa looking very happy sitting in the pool. Yeah, she was very happy. <laughs> she was in there a lot more than I was. <laughs> but bloody hell, yeah, that's not. It's, not, it's funny because I have two air conditioners in this house, one down here and one up in the bedroom. Because, yeah. and I always put one in the bedroom because when you have 
for over 40 degrees heat. It goes for longer than two days. You get so tired. Yeah. And I always say, I don't care if that goes on one day a year. Yeah. It's worth it for that one well, day it's, it's a hard year. to, when it's hot at night is the worst. Like, oh, hot during, escape. Hot during the day and then you get under the hose. You can do something. But oh. at night when you're lying there and you just sort of sleep oh. with sweat. We, we're lucky. We get we get nice, cool breezes most of the year, mm. um, and our house is it's designed well. Like it, it yeah. just gets cool really quickly. Mm. You know. Mm. <gasps> so. Oh man. Anyway, I'm I'm lying there. Right, we're gonna put the cooler on. Pat hates air conditioning. Nah, we're not. We're, no, <laughs> it's it's, it's forty two degrees, Pat. We're so putting mate, it off. This is the only reason that this thing's here. It's actually never been turned on. Can we turn it on? I had a mate who used to like sleeping. He liked sleeping with a big doona on. Mm. So it'd be like 30 to 32 degrees. Mm. And he'd crank his air conditioner down to about 18 and sleep with the doona on. Walk into his room, it's like walking into the Arctic. Yeah, I'm a bit like that. I love that. I remember once, a few years ago, it was really hot. We had an air conditioner. And it had been hot for about five days. Must have been about three or four years ago. Anyway, a whole lot of mates came over and they're going, we're sleeping here for the night. So we cranked up, we locked everything. <laughs> we cranked up the air conditioners and it was like the Antarctic because everyone just wanted to sleep under a doona and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> the house was freezing. Probably I, cost us a fortune I, now. I did, um, I did think I've got to have more salad, veggie, like salad stuff in the, in the garden, you know. Because... Like, Nights like that, all you want is just like a really light, yeah. sort of leafy salad, yeah. a bit of dressing on it. You don't really want to have a big slab of Anything. meat and something hot. Yeah. No. That's the night you want someone to miraculously walk in the door with a big bowl of chicken salad or something. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks. Doesn't, Lovely. It doesn't happen as much yet where I live. <laughs> it doesn't happen here either, don't Actually, worry. Actually, no, that's, that's not true. My neighbour, she loves to cook. And she's a she's a three course cook. I've never been for dinner and had. I love the traditional three course cook. You know, it, it's mm. it's all you know. Might only be something small, yeah. but always dessert. Never not dessert. Yeah. And and I was just like, she's just amazing. <laughs> and um, Curtis knows because we'll go for a walk. And he'll go over there and she'll always have like you know little cakes or cupcakes or biscuits or something. So as soon as we get to a certain point on the road, he's off. <laughs> he's off. And you, and if you try and turn him around before he gets Ericsson, Eric and dies, it's full tantrum. <laughs> it's like, this, this cake in there, all right? Oh, I'm going in there. We're off for treats. Because I'm going for some cake. <laughs> ah. Oh, hilarious. I used to have these kids, actually. Lived up the street. When we first moved here, they'd come and hang out all the time. And I was thinking, Alright, okay, have a chocolate biscuit, have some soft drinks, they're only little, yeah. and they'd stay here, because the parents would always go, yeah, go down and go see down Sal. Sal. So I ended up loading them up with sugar, stopped after a while. Have a double espresso. <laughs> I went, God, those kids keep coming here, how are we going to get rid of them? Well, Curtis has <laughs> discovered cooking. I saw that photo the other day. Yeah, he, cooking and washing up can't wash up now unless he helps awesome so like uh, he's got a little stool that he gets up to the bathroom and washes his hands and cleans mm. his teeth and stuff so i'll start washing up and he's like 
runs off to the bathroom, grabs his stool, and he stands at the drainer, and I have to wash stuff up, hand it to him, and he puts it in the drainer. So that's pretty cool. But he likes chopping beans and carrots. Oh, so good he's got his own knife? Yeah, yeah, I just like those little serrated ones that yeah. I gave you. I've yeah. got like a couple that are a bit blunt. Yeah. And he, yeah, he chop a bean. Yeah. But carrots, he sort of like, and puts his finger in the road. Hey, mate, you might want to just move your finger a little bit. <laughs> so he's a little while from getting up to the chef's knives. <laughs> but I just think it's, it's like really interesting how, and he, like he's not a massive veggie eater. But now I just cook dinner, and like even if I'm cooking nothing that has beans and carrots mm. or snow peas or whatever in it, I'll get a carrot out and cut like half a carrot into slices, and he'll just happily yeah. eat those before dinner. Yeah. Um, Perfect. But, but yeah, not if you put dinner in front of him, you're like, oh, protein, eat all the meat, and then yeah, veggies. Typical bloke. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Not real big on the cooking special stuff for him, though. Nah, don't start doing that. He pretty much just... Eats what you eat. And if he doesn't want to eat it, then he'll eat something tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) See? That's perfect. Well, he's not skinny, so he must be getting enough food. Oh, gosh. We had a funny thing, actually, at Christmas. The tale of two children. I have... Listen to <laughs> You'll um, soon find out. We'll find out whether we have any extra <laughs> listeners. I have a niece who <laughs> this baby that is so well behaved and gorgeous and beautiful. And then I have. Oh no, I can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a uh, sealed section podcast after the podcast. <laughs> and you have to email me to get a copy. Well, it's, it'll be interesting, like, you know, the first kid, that's all you know, so it'll be very interesting to see whether... Do you have brothers and sisters? No, I'm an only child. Oh, you're an only child. See, I'm a youngest child of yeah. four boys, so I know what happens at the end. Sweet fuck all. They let you do whatever you, do you want. Like. Mm. You eat everything. Yeah. You just kind of get, you know... Well, okay. I remember when I was in uh, grade 11, my cousin came up and he was mates with this family and the dad was a vet. Three kids or four kids? So it was a girl my age anyway. Mm. And he came up for Christmas, had Christmas Day with us. He said, look, he said to mum, look, I'm going back down and the Feenies are having a week up at their property in Gympie. John probably liked to go. Because I sort, I sort of knew the thing. He's like, I'm going to come. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. You, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. So, yeah, give mum a break. All good. So off we go. And, like, I'm used to having, you know, breakfast is, like, the island was, like, holidays were pretty relaxed. But breakfast was at a, you know, everyone sat down and had breakfast together. Everyone sat down and had dinner together. And there was a bedtime, you know. Yeah. Lights are going off. We're going to bed. That means you're going to bed. This place was like... <laughs> You want breakfast? You get fucking breakfast. <laughs> and breakfast could go from 4 a.m. in the morning till 11 o'clock in the morning. Actually, breakfast could probably go to 3 in the afternoon. If you wanted Cocoa Pops at 3 in the afternoon, Perfect. knock yourself out. Love it. She would cook dinner 
But if you didn't feel like eating dinner then, fine. I'll just leave it here. You come back and you can eat it at 10 o'clock. <laughs> she used to, I, I, I read quite a bit, and this chick also read. And, like, I'd stay up till 2, 3 in the morning reading books, just wandering in the kitchen, fix <laughs> feed. No one said anything. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> but just, it was just all over. And that was, I think, because he was a vet. You know, he worked such weird hours anyway, yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of call outs and stuff because he yeah. did a lot of horses and cows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I guess they never could sit down and have yeah breakfast and dinners together anyway. Yeah. So it was just... No yeah. rules, holidays. No rules. Wasn't, oh. wasn't particularly, like, crazy, but it was just, like, very relaxed, very <laughs> casual. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that, I remember... Coming back because they had Cocoa Pops and Nutri-Grain. And Nutritious. So I had both for breakfast in the same bowl. And it just blew my mind. I was, I was like pouring them in. Like I poured the Cocoa Pops in and looking around. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm waiting for someone to go, no, no, come on, mate. That's a bit too far. You can't have Cocoa Pops and Nutri-Grain at the same time. No, no, apparently you can So do you, it, does all, all of your siblings come, always come back for Christmas? Look, we are the weirdest family. We do now. We weren't very close growing up because I had two brothers that were older and then I'm quite close with the brother just above me. And we were kind of segregated because two left home and then we were still at school and so we didn't really know them. They were always just these big older brothers and... And then we went to boarding school, so we never saw them. They thought we were stuck up. They used to go to the local school. So we had this big divide in our family for many years. Anyway, as we've got older, we've become quite close. Yeah. And my brother above me has married a Peruvian girl. And they have this Peruvian custom, right, where at Christmas time, you all get up and you say a speech. And usually it's about what you're grateful for. You might say, hey, you know what? I love you guys. I know I never see you. You just say something really nice that's happened to you or what you're grateful for or, you know. Because in Peru, every time they get together and have a meal, which is every day, every second day, everyone says a speech. And they're all so <laughs> lovey-dovey. And I remember when I was in Peru, <coughs> I'm sitting at this big table and, and I was freaking out and it's coming towards me and I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to have to go with the flow here. This is this is what they do, obviously. And I got up and was my brother was getting married again in Peru. And um, I got up and all of a sudden I just started howling because they're all so emotional. I'm going, you know. I love like, you guys. No, I'd like to thank, you know, I'm so glad, you know, Pilar makes my brother so happy and I've never seen him so happy. And I'm howling, right, as I'm trying to say this. Well, all of a sudden... I just became like a rock star. <laughs> you you outproved the Peruvians. <laughs> and they, everywhere I went, they'd be like, hey, you're Peruvian. Anyway, so what's ended up happening is we've started this bizarre thing where now every time we get together, we all say a speech. Everyone has to get up and we all say, hey, guys, you know, it's really great to see. Anyway, so Christmas for us, we were the most Aussie. dysfunctional, unemotional Aussie family this christmas we're all sitting around and we start saying these speeches my niece is starting to learn spanish so that she can speak to my sister-in-law 
everyone started saying all these really heartfelt things. We're all sitting around the table howling. We're all going, oh, yeah. We all just love each other. It was hilarious. Then we all just started laughing and going, what have we turned into? <laughs> How did this begin? So it's kind of weird. We've kind of become really close as we've got older, older. and we've, you know, your guard falls down and everyone's just like. Yeah. Well, the one thing with know. three boys I am looking for forward to was when I was growing up, we had a family. We always had Christmas at the island mm. where where I grew up at the beach house, and we had we had these neighbours that we were very close to, and they had two kids. Mm. So you'd have Christmas lunch together, and then you always had the the Christmas afternoon cricket game. Yeah, you know, like with you know the adults would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I've eaten too much food, but I'll just stand here and I'll <laughs> swing the bat. Yeah. You know, the kids are tearing in, sucking a beer. Yeah. You know. T- Working off all that extra energy, mm. so I'm looking forward to when the three You're boys. You're sucking the beer on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Or I get to be the older guy and just you know sitting back. So that'll be cool. I think that'll be really cool. Mm. Yeah, I reckon. Especially because Vanessa's brothers got one kid, and she's his wife's due the same time as Vanessa. Oh, cool. So there's going to be five in. A three-year age gap. Yeah. You know, so... It's funny, isn't it? Because we went through a spate where we had no babies. Mm. And that's when we all kind of drifted... Apart. Yeah, it's apart. funny how the, the kids sort of drag yeah, it back in And then all of a sudden, Nisa started having babies. My brother got remarried and started having kids again. It was like, oh, awesome. Yeah. It's kids again. So it kind of makes it... I don't know, it makes Christmas Christmas. Because mm. I don't even spunk that up. So I'd rather go away on a holiday and sit in a hammock and... Thailand sucking on a Mai Tai. But once there's kids involved, it's like, oh, cool, I'll go for that because that's awesome. Though we, we had, because we had just, we did the family Christmas first mm. and then Christmas Day there was just three of us. And my <laughs> best mate, he's one of four brothers mm. and there's twins in that family. And his wife is one of four kids as well. Mm. So for the last, and they've got two kids, so for the last sort of six Christmases they've been bouncing between two massive family I don't, Christmases. Don't get the bounce Christmas. No, no, like that. like one year, one year at, at oh, one year one at North year Queensland, there. one year at Sunshine, like you know, yeah, and yeah. so they're, they're driving everywhere with two two mm. young kids. And I said, Paulie, Paulie rang me up Boxing Day, and he's like, "How's Christmas?" I said, "Yeah, really, you know, just three of us <laughs> had a two-hour nap in the afternoon. Awesome, yeah, right. you know." Had did like didn't even really uh, didn't have a big lunch. We had the roast like late in the afternoon when it was cool. And Paula goes, "Oh, I'm so doing it <laughs> next year. We're staying in Mackay. No one's coming to us. It's just gonna be us four. Just gonna chill out and just relax." It's funny. I have a mate, and he does home and away. So every second year, he just has a home. Yeah. Just whatever he wants. He'll go away with friends. He'll do whatever. Yeah. And then every second year he's away with his family. His family lives away. So he'll go wherever the family are. Yeah. They can be anywhere and he'll just go he'll away. Just, whatever's going. But every second year, don't even ask me. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. I'm off. Well, I have to say I'm glad that our families live a long distance apart. Yeah. So I, I would hate to have to do the drive on crap. Christmas Day and, you know, have... You know, one massive meal in the middle of the day and then back up for another massive meal at night. Mm. That would just be too much, I reckon. Some of my poor little nephews, their mum 
and dad are separated. So they have the morning. They have mm. Christmas morning with their mum. And then the poor little bastards have got to get in a car, <laughs> drive three and a half hours to where we all are. And then they end up staying with mum and dad, who their granny and grandpa, for like you know, a few days. But what a pain yeah, in the ass. Who wants to drive three hours on Christmas Day? Poor little buggers, you know. Let them oh. chill. God, have we talked for long enough? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, come and see my new um, oh, furniture yeah. shop. It's yeah. vintage. Yep. We're in Salisbury. It's hilarious, actually. Is there it's a web web? Is the website up? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's not finished. It's, um, <coughs> nothing ever. That'll never be finished, though. So I don't even know why I'm bothering to say that. It's called bigvintage.com.au. Mm-hmm. So we sell industrial furniture and, you know, new, used and rejigged. I have to say, tagline. it's some very cool stuff. I've been eyeing off the um, the uh, re- recycled cast iron sort of table legs. Oh, they're cool. There's some very cool stuff yeah. you can do with that, I reckon. Yeah, they're very funky. That's about it. That's all I'll plug this week. Come and see us. We're sitting out there waiting for people to come. I've got nothing to plug. <laughs> <laughs> I've done nothing. You can find <laughs> Sal on Twitter at... <laughs> Taste Trekkers with an S. Find me on Twitter at Bezo, B-E-E-S-O, and at Lantanaland. And this has been CheesyCast. See you, Sal. <laughs> Bye. We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's right. You bugging at death, you know it. We're going to be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. The spaghetti. I am spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass fed? Yes. Cruelty free? Artificial. Not the cheese maker. The saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. I'd say you've had enough. Um.